For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And hello, everybody, and welcome to The Open Door, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm not Terry Kennedy. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I'm actually Sid Bennett. Terry is... Uh, Absent today. Yes, he's off on another venture, but he'll be back. Um, yeah, you know, today it's an interesting day because this is one of those topics that I can almost guarantee nobody else is talking about. At least not that I could imagine right now. Unless you happen to be Hindu, of course. Well, even there, you know, I think that uh, we're going to be talking about a certain form of yoga today, a very specialized and special form of yoga. And, you know, everybody knows Hatha yoga and Kundalini yoga vinyasa yoga, agni perhaps, agni yoga, but I don't think very many people have heard of karma yoga. Have you? Well, I have, but only because (laughs) I'm here in this seat, I guess. (laughs) Well, it's one of those interesting things. This is the karma of holy works, the karma of good deeds. In fact, our our title today was uh, karma yoga, the dharma of works. Now, we refer to works as those acts, those deeds that we perform that have a certain um, net result, a consequence, if you will, which we know as karma, good karma or bad karma. And the dharma of works, in this case, karma yoga, is how we outplay, outpicture, manifest, and balance our karma. Indeed. Yeah. And, and dharma is another word for duty. Mm-hmm. So people will have a duty to fulfill their karma, and that may be balancing negative karma, but we almost be part of our mission in life. You know, as we've talked about, before you come into embodiment, you stand before a, a board of spiritual overseers, the great karmic board. You talk about, you know, what mm-hmm. you need to do in this lifetime. And, of course, balancing karma is the big one. But some people want, you know, I want to com- come forth with a mission to invent something, to change something, to lead something, mm-hmm. you know, that might go beyond, if you will, their simple karma. It might be the passion of their heart. Well, you know, and oddly... This is a yoga that we all do, whether we're conscious of it or not. Right. <laughs> I think that there's a certain accountability, of course, inherent in that, that we have to recognize that we are making karma. We're using God's energy to every thought, word, and deed. We're creating, basically. So, you know, we have a certain accountability there if we're conscious to create good things, good deeds, create ultimately good karma. And, and you never know what that is. And, and, you know, you think you know, but how did you end up where you are, so to speak? And, of course, by your free will choices— but if you're making the right choices, you end up where you're supposed to be. And I think often when before my wife and I met or after we met, we were both working downtown Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I was working for one of the major banks and would have lunch on the 60th floor. And, you know, it was a beautiful thing looking out. She was three blocks away and serving refugees from Central America. So my dharma, if you will, was somewhat more comfortable in an outer sense. <laughs> but I think we were both fulfilling that. And so, you know, as, as I mentioned before, I spent most of my life in the financial world. 
And that could be both a karma that I had, you know, from previous embodiments, but it also could be for holding a certain balance of light in that field. I remember there was a, a, a fellow that was a truck driver here that was in our community, and he'd go off and so forth. And I remember Mrs. Prophet said to him one day, you know, you hold the balance in your heart for the truck drivers of the United States. <laughs> and because of all his prayers and decrees and so forth, when you think about that, you could say, well, it's, you know, maybe it's a, a more humble position in some ways. And you're, where would we be without the truck drivers? We wouldn't be eating, quite frankly. We couldn't <laughs> go to the grocery store. So whatever area or field you're in, it can be a sacred labor. If God has called you there, and if you bring the right attitude and vibration to your service. Well, and you made the point earlier, and we make it often here, that we are here to balance our karma. We're here to transmute the negative karma that we have accumulated over many lifetimes. And as you said, too, when we are, we're in front of the karmic board prior to our embodiment, and we're basically outlining or having outlined for us our, our, our blueprint, our sacred labor. So there is that sacred labor, which is a certain dharma, and there's also the karmic possibility, you know, the, the, what we do with it, how we interact with people, how we make this happen, it all creates karma. Right. If we're complaining the whole time <laughs> and, and not doing a good job, then are we really, really fulfilling our dharma? The answer is no. It doesn't matter the level. And I think there's a, there's a gentleman that, from our community here, a very advanced soul that recently passed from the screen of life. And before he passed, he wrote his biography. And he was a dishwasher for most of his life, and he was a son of a garbage man. And yet, if you knew this soul, he was so advanced spiritually that it didn't matter what he did. He brought <laughs> light to it, and he actually worked for, for the university nearby here as a, in doing dishes, okay? And one year, he was selected as the employee of the year for the entire university doing dishes. How can that happen? Because of what he brought to the job, yeah. the vibration, the love, the care. And people didn't know who he was spiritually, but they knew what they saw, how he acted. And so it's interesting, isn't it? We, what you bring to the job is what people remember. It doesn't matter what the job is. And, and these are what we define as works. Right. You know, and that we are, it's, we're measured. These are the fruits of our labor, basically. We're measured in some respects, you know, in a higher level, by the quality of our works. Exactly. If you are half-hearted and just do enough to, quote, unquote, get by, you're not fulfilling your dharma. And even if it's a job you really don't want to be in, you know, <laughs> you've got to give it your best. I know I had a friend of mine that uh, was out of work, and he, he professional type person, and he ended up, believe it or not, taking a job at McDonald's. This is many years ago. And he said his supervisor there was almost taught him as much as his guru has. You know, <laughs> he was so good. And here at this job at McDonald's. So you can see it. You know, the good Lord, if you're open, will place you where you need to be. Yeah. And I, I'd just like to add something, if I may, here, Tom. When we're coming into embodiment, and for many of us, this lifetime has the potential to be our last lifetime. In other words, if we apply ourselves, use the violet flame, we can balance enough karma and our dharma and service that we can make our ascension. And that's been a promise from St. Germain, and this is our next life. And so we've got unfinished business in various places, okay? And we've got to go do that. And, and <laughs> oh, about 20 years ago, I was given the opportunity to go to Pakistan. Um, no, you know, I didn't know this. I thought it was an opportunity at the time anyway. And, I, you know, it's obviously a very challenging place. I got there. I was in Karachi. I was there for a few days. I got deathly ill. I mean, like, deathly ill. And I remember being in the holiday in there, and they kept going, whatever you do, don't go to the hospital. Don't go to the hospital. Don't go to the hospital. <laughs> That's where people go to die. But anyway, the point I want to make here, I got so sick, and I was seriously ill, 
you know, what was, what was the karma that I was sopping up or taking care of? Mm-hmm. You know, the masters arranged somehow to get me to Pakistan where I had to physically deal with a certain karma. So, you know, you just don't know. But when you're open to the will of God, then these things unfold. And sometimes they're tough. But, you know, I, I really, I made it through by God's grace. And hopefully that karma's balanced. I won't have to go back to Pakistan. <laughs> hopefully you won't. With the will of God. Yes. You know, that's something that is very central to the enactment of the yoga, this karma yoga. Um, and in a few minutes, we're going to be playing a couple of excerpts from that beautiful Hindu text, the uh, theology of Hinduism basically is incorporated in this, the, the Bhagavad Gita. Yes. And it's a very short little book, and we're not going to, of course, have the whole thing read, but this is something that, again, you won't hear anywhere else. And this is one of the places where you really get a sense of what karma yoga is all about, because it does refer to service and duty and honoring the will of God and, the, and re- reminding us that we are here to serve for heavenly reward, not for human reward. And, and I love this story because it's a story of Krishna mm-hmm. and Arjuna, who is it's like the guru and the chila. Mm-hmm. Arjuna's of the warrior class, okay? Right. And so he is going to be called into battle, and he's got his brethren on the other side. And he says, look, I don't want to go fight these people. They're my brothers or my friends or whatever. And Krishna explains it to him that he has a dharma. That's his role. And, you know, the fact that we re-embody over and over again is not a one-time thing. And for whatever reason, the karma demanded that. And, um, you know, this does happen. Obviously, the masters are not in favor of war. But sometimes, you know, truth must be defended and karma must play out. And as an example of this, uh, most of you have probably heard of Richard the Lionhearted. Okay. Mm-hmm. He was an embodiment of Ascended Master Godfrey, of course, who was George Washington, among other, and Godfrey Ray King, who brought forth the I Am teachings. Well, he was on, in battle opposing Saladin, who is the greatest hero of the Arab world. Even today, people talk about Saladin as defending the, their land against the Crusaders and so forth. And Saladin was an embodiment of Mark Prophet. <laughs> so you've got two messengers of the Great White Brotherhood on opposing sides. Well, so you can see how the drama of life plays out. And whatever karma calls, you must answer. The problem is, Tom, is that some people are karma dodgers. And they're also dharma dodgers. In other words, they want to eat, drink, and be merry and have a good time, you know. And that's what our society preaches and our culture preaches. But pay attention to where you are and where God has placed you or leading you because you probably have a karma or a dharma there. And don't turn your back on it. If you believe it's real and God has confirmed that to you, go forth and do your best. Because if you don't, it's going to limit you, and you may have to re-embody to do it again. Yeah, well, and surrendering to the will of God is not easy. No. And you may not even understand it necessarily, but if you do your duty, quote-unquote, you will follow the will of and God. And do it with as much love as you can. And this is why we ask every God, God every day for the will of God, because we don't want to go someplace where it's not our dharma, it's not our karma, and is a distraction from our spiritual path. So you need attunement, and you get attunement by daily devotions and making the prayers. And, you, and this is a great point you just made, that we always align our prayers, our calls to the will of God. You know, that we, we have a certain tendency to feel within our prayers a certain attachment perhaps to our desires, wants, needs, whatever. But when we get to the end of that call, we surrender it to the will of God. Yeah, and especially in relationships, I think, Tom, mm. because sometimes there'll be a tremendous magnetism between people that is not, you know, it's a magnetism and it's of a physical nature or something, but it may not be God's will. And so you have to be very careful because you don't want to create more karma. And the other side of that coin is some people have gotten married, 
they've had children, and it just hasn't worked out. They, you know, what, they think, how could I ever fall for that person? And, of course, they, they'll get a divorce. Well, that may have been the fulfillment of their karma. Exactly. And that's why the Ascended Masters are not against divorce for the right reasons. Obviously, not just to get another wife or husband. But sometimes you balance the karma and it's time to move on. So if people make mistakes, they may not be mistakes. You may have had a karma to bring forth a child or children with this other soul, and you had to do it. And so that's why, of course, abortion, abortion is such a, uh, you know, it's our modern-day holocaust because not only is it taking souls out of embodiment, but it's preventing people from balancing their karma. Indeed. You know, and there's another thing, too, that a point I think you alluded to earlier in your story about both the dishwasher and the truck driver is that there's a certain desire on some people's parts to want to have this glorified vision or view of their blueprint that, that my service to humanity is going to be glorious. Well, it may not be glorious. It may be working in a gutter. It may be working in the, the, tr- the trash bin. I mean, it doesn't matter where it is. Like you said earlier, and I totally think this is a great point to make, it's the quality of the service that we render. And it's holding light. And I think there's a, the master is an ascended master by the name of Igor who was Russian. And he was an embodiment during the Russian Revolution. He was a very devoted and a spiritual child. Nobody knew his name. They thought he was odd, all these things. But his, the, the light that he called forth, we're told, through his prayers and devotions, reduced the, the, the casualties from the Russian Revolution to one-third of what they would have been oh had he not been making his prayers, and nobody ever heard of him. So it's not the outer. And in fact, people in, a, in political leadership and all these high positions are there very often because they have such an intense karma. Yes. Well... Let's uh, take a break right now. We're going to be coming back in a couple of minutes and listening to the first of two segments, two excerpts of the Bhagavad Gita being read. And it's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I mean, it just, I hope you will stay with us to listen to this. It is really kind of opening up the Guru Chila relationship, understanding of that, duty, service, dharma. And Karma Yoga. And if you don't know Krishna, this is a great chance to get to Exactly. Know. So we're going to take a break now. We'll come back in a couple of minutes. Please stay with us. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Right now, all over the world, Warriors of Light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free. No login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom 
delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you for staying with us. You know, you and I, and also my, my friend here, Sid, are doing something right now, whether we're fully conscious of it or not, and that is karma yoga. We're making choices, making decisions. Every thought would indeed is utilizing energy that is given to us from God. And we are co-creators with him. And the net result of our works and our deeds is karma. Hopefully good karma. And we want to play for you something now that is, I think, very special and unique. This is the Bhagavad Gita, part of it anyway. We're going to play two excerpts of it being read. And this is about duty. This is the karma of action of good deeds. It's karma yoga in its essence. And so... Uh, it it's on a different pace. It's a wonderful, beautiful text. And uh, please, just settle back, close your eyes, listen to this, and just let it flow over you. Here it is. Great is the man who, free from attachments and with a mind ruling its powers in harmony, works on the path of karma yoga, the path of consecrated action. Under our guru, El Moria, we are on the path of karma yoga, the path of works which lead us to the balancing of karma. Action is greater than inaction. Perform, therefore, thy task in life. The world is in the bonds of action, unless the action is consecration. Let thy actions then be pure, free from the bonds of desire. Thus spoke the Lord of creation when he made both man and sacrifice. Quote, By sacrifice thou shalt multiply and obtain all thy desires. By sacrifice shalt thou honor the gods, and the gods will then love thee, and thus in harmony with them shalt thou attain the supreme good. For, pleased with thy sacrifice, the gods will grant to thee the joy of all thy desires. Only a thief would enjoy their gifts and not offer them in sacrifice. Sacred action is described in the Vedas, and these come from the eternal, and therefore is the eternal ever-present in a sacrifice. Thus was the wheel of the law set in motion, and that man lives indeed in vain, who in a sinful life of pleasures helps not in its revolutions. 
But the man who has found the joy of the Spirit and in the Spirit has satisfaction, who in the Spirit has found his peace, that man is beyond the law of action. He is beyond what is done and beyond what is not done, and in all his works he is beyond the help of mortal beings. In liberty from the bonds of attachment, do thou therefore the work to be done, for the man whose work is pure attains indeed the supreme. King Janaka and other warriors reached perfection by the path of action. Let thy aim be the good of all, and then carry on thy task in life. In the actions of the best men, others find their rule of action. The path that a great man follows becomes a guide to the world. Offer to me all thy works, and rest thy mind on the supreme. Be free from vain hopes and selfish thoughts, and with inner peace fight thou thy fight. Those who ever follow my doctrine and who have faith and have a good will find through pure work their freedom. But those who follow not my doctrine and who have ill will are men blind to all wisdom. Confused in mind, they are lost. Hate and lust for things of nature have their roots in man's lower nature. Let him not fall under their power. They are the two enemies in his path, hate and lust for things. And do thy duty, even if it be humble, rather than another's, even if it be great. To die in one's duty is life. To live in another's is death. This bears the concept that each man's task in life, his calling from God, is just difficult enough, but not too hard to achieve, that he may balance karma, he may sharpen his spirit, he may ascend to God. Thus, if we say, my dharma is too hard, I will do something simpler, because it is easier, less effort, I don't have to struggle. If you do not work on and fulfill your dharma in this life, then you have lived in vain. Do not shirk the responsibility of a difficult dharma. He who works not for an earthly reward, but does the work to be done, he is a sannyasi. Sannyasi is the name for a monk or a nun. He is a yogi. But he who follows his vow to the letter by mere refraining, lighting no fire at the ritual offering, making excuse for avoidance of labor, he is no yogi, no true sannyasi. The sannyasi of renunciation is also the yogi of holy work. And no man can be a yogi who surrenders not his earthly will. When the sage climbs the heights of yoga, he follows the path of work. But when he reaches the heights of yoga, he is in the land of peace. 
and he reaches the heights of yoga when he surrenders his earthly will, when he is not bound by the work of his senses, and he is not bound by his earthly works. Arise, therefore, and with the help of thy spirit, lift up thy soul, allow not thy soul to fall, for thy soul can be thy friend, and thy soul can be thine enemy. Thy soul can be thy friend, thy soul can be thine enemy. A sacrifice is pure when it is an offering of adoration in harmony with the holy law, with no expectation of a reward, and with the heart saying, It is my duty. But a sacrifice that is done for the sake of a reward or for the sake of vainglory is an impure sacrifice. A gift is pure when it is given from the heart to the right person at the right time and at the right place and when we expect nothing in return. If you give a gift to flatter someone, and see to it that they will always owe you something because you have done something for them, you have no reward. But when it is given expecting something in return or for the sake of a future reward or when it is given unwillingly, the gift is impure. And a gift given to the wrong person at the wrong time and the wrong place, or a gift which comes not from the heart and is given with proud contempt, is a gift of darkness. Beware of such gifts coming to you and politely decline them. Om Tat Sat. Each one of these three words is one word for Brahman, from whom came in the beginning the Brahmins, the Vedas, and the sacrifice. Therefore, with the word Om, the lovers of Brahman, begin all work of sacrifice. So may you chant as you begin your daily tasks, the simple Om. Gift or self-harmony done according to the scriptures. And with the word tat and with renunciation of all reward, this same work of sacrifice, gift or self-harmony is being done by those seekers of infinite liberty. Sat is what is good and what is true. When therefore a work is well done, the end of that work is Sat. Om Tat Sat. Constant faithfulness in sacrifice, gift, or self-harmony is Sat. And also all work consecrated to Brahman. But work done without faith is asat, is nothing. Sacrifice, gift, or self-harmony done without faith are nothing, both in this world and in the world to come. I think at this point we'll take a short, short break from this excerpt, but I think a couple of points really kind of clearly come out. One of them was that the path that a great man follows becomes a guide to the world. Mm. You know, that we, that the example that we give, you were talking about our friend, the dishwasher. Mm-hmm. The example that he gave to the world was recognized by the world in a certain way because of the purity of what he gave. Absolutely. You know, and I think that's one of the things here that it says a gift given in the right, with the right intention at the right time in the right place is a, is a pure gift. 
But it could be that it's given, if it's not the right place, the wrong time, the wrong place, the wrong person. Well, well some people give to advantage. And, and an example of that would be um, corporations, you know. I mean, corporations do a lot of good charitable work. But they make sure everybody knows about it, yeah. you know. What, that's okay, you know. Thank yeah. them. I mean, they support hospitals and other things. We're grateful for what they do. But it's not in the same vibration that Krishna is talking about here. And maybe for a corporation, that's okay. But more importantly, um, for us as individuals, it's not okay because that's your reward. And if it's, you know, and who knows if how much karma you're even balancing? But what a joy to give things anonymously, indeed, where people can't see. And you take the joy of it. You know, I had experience at, at the airport not too long ago. It was in Seattle. And I was standing in line waiting for some coffee. And there was a woman in front of me that was from Canada. Okay. And she, was, she had an American money, was trying to figure out if she could afford this cup of coffee. And she was 25 cents short. And she looked <laughs> flustered. And I said, hey, I'll give you the quarter. You know? Yeah. And, you know, it was such a nominal thing. But I couldn't believe how good I felt about it. You know? Absolutely. I mean, she didn't know me from Adam. But it's just, it's that openness and givingness. You know, and I don't think that work will get me to heaven, but it's an indication of when you give like that, unknown, what a joy it is. Well, and, you know, in a very small way, but a significant way, you kind of surrender to the selflessness of that act. In that moment, you simply did a good deed. You know, and and that's why people, (laughs) the people that are spiritual, they want to do their gifts anonymously because, number one, they get the greatest joy out of it, and number two, they get the maximum karma balancing. (laughs) It's, it's so, positive all the way yeah, around. Yeah, so it's positive all the way around. You know, it's the joy of giving. And, you know, that's, of course, a cornerstone of life, whether you're giving <clears throat> of your abundance or of yourself. That's yeah. the key of happiness. Indeed. Well, that's actually a good point to take a break here. We're going to take a short break. Now, we'll come back and we'll resume with the reading of this uh, excerpt from the Bhagavad Gita. Um, and when we come back, we'll be listening to, among other things, the renunciation of the reward, just like you're talking about. The, okay. Anonymity, if you will. So we'll be back in a few minutes. Stay with us. And thank you. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face, and their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. 
The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thanks for staying with us. I'm Tom Schumacher, and today I'm joined by Sid Bennett. It's the two of us holding down the fort in the absence of our, our partner, Terry, who is off today. And we're talking about karma yoga, and I suspect for many of us listening, doing this show for that matter, it's a somewhat of a change of pace. And this is not our, an ordinary topic. Certainly, we're, we're not accustomed to sharing things like the Bhagavad Gita, as we're doing today. Um, this is the, um, has within it the foundations of Hindu theology. This is um, it's a really quite a beautiful thing. It's about honor, surrendering the human will. It's a path of action. It's a path of karma yoga, which is what we're talking about today. Before we listen to the next segment of this um, excerpt that we're playing today, I want to talk a bit more about the surrender to the will of God, that um, it's all through here, I think, talking about how we don't work for the human sacrifice, we don't work for the human reward. We do this, you mentioned before that, you know, the, the, the true joy that people have in giving anonymously is kind of represents the highest good that you can give to something that, you know, has the greatest karma, and also, you know, you know you're not looking for the pat on the back. You know, I think this concept of surrender is an interesting one. And, of course, Christian talks about that. <clears throat> Excuse me, we'll be hearing more about it. But think of it this way. This is what helped me. God has given us free will. That's his gift to us. What can we give to God? Mm. I mean, what do you give to someone that has everything? I mean, <laughs> what can you say? All we have to give is ourselves. And so we give back to God our free will and say we surrender that free will and we embrace God's will. And, of course, people fear God's will. God might ask me to do something I don't want to do, you know, so I've got to be real careful here. But, you know, there's a freedom in it. There's an absolute Mm -hmm. freedom. And when you pray every day for God's will, you're not going to make mistakes. You may make a mistake, but you're not going to get off on a tangent that takes you from your dharma or your karma, you know, or someone says, oh, let's go do this, let's do that, and so forth. But you call for the will of God every day. And one of the masters put it this way, total victory by total surrender. (laughs) <laughs> Isn't that it's kind of a Zen concept when you think about Very. it? Very. And yet you're surrendering to God who loves you passionately and wants the best for you. And it is another key to happiness, quite frankly. And we are reminded, and it's good to remember, that our dharma is not too difficult. Surrender is not passivity. It's very important to note this. Mm. Surrender is not passivity. It's an act of surrender. And I think the point I w- would make, too, to amplify that is that the, we're told many times that God will never ask us to do more than we can do. 
that you know would always would be something within our capacity to achieve. And we might be unsure that God's <laughs> well, made a yeah. mistake in this particular case. You mean me, God? <laughs> But yeah. it's true. It's well, true. Well, you know, I, I think that there are times in all of our lives when we reach difficult points. Yeah. There's a challenge here, a challenge there. Anyway, we could certainly talk about this for a long time. Let's go back now to the continuation of this excerpt from the Bhagavad Gita, um, read by Mrs. Prophet. Here we go. Arjuna says, Speak to me, Krishna, of the essence of renunciation and of the essence of surrender. Krishna. The renunciation of selfish works is called renunciation, but the surrender of the reward of all work is called surrender. Some say that there should be renunciation of action, since action disturbs contemplation, but others say that works of sacrifice, gift, and self-harmony should not be renounced. Hear my truth about the surrender of works, Arjuna. Surrender, O best of men, is of three kinds. Works of sacrifice, gift, and self-harmony should not be abandoned, but should indeed be performed, for these are works of purification. But even these works, Arjuna, should be done in the freedom of a pure offering and without expectation of a reward. This is my final word. It is not right to leave undone the holy work which ought to be done. Such a surrender of action would be a delusion of darkness, the surrender being to surrender the doing of the holy work. And he who abandons his duty because he has fear of pain, his surrender is impure, and in truth he has no reward. But he who does holy work, Arjuna, because it ought to be done, and surrenders selfishness and thought of reward, his work is pure and is peace. This man sees and has no doubts. He surrenders, he is pure and has peace. Work, pleasant or painful, is for him joy. For there is no man on earth who can fully renounce living work, but he who renounces the reward of his work is in truth a man of renunciation. When work is done for a reward, the work brings pleasure or pain or both in its time. But when a man does work in eternity, then eternity is his reward. When work is done as sacred work, unselfishly, with a peaceful mind, without lust or hate, with no desire for reward, then the work is pure. But when work is done with selfish desire, or feeling it is an effort, or thinking it is a sacrifice, then the work is impure. And that work which is done with a confused mind, without considering what may follow, or one's own powers, or the harm done to others, or one's own loss, is work of darkness. When in the yoga of holy contemplation, the movements of the mind and of the breath of life are in a harmony of peace, there is steadiness 
and that steadiness is pure. But that steadiness which, with a desire for rewards, attaches itself to wealth, pleasure, and even religious ritual, is a steadiness of passion impure. And that steadiness whereby a fool does not surrender laziness, fear, self-pity, depression, and lust, is indeed a steadiness in darkness. Hear now, great Arjuna, of the three kinds of pleasure. There is the pleasure of following that right path which leads to the end of all pain. What seems at first a cup of sorrow is found in the end, immortal wine. That pleasure is pure. It is the joy which arises from a clear vision of the spirit. But the pleasure which comes from the craving of the senses with the objects of their desire, which seems at first a drink of sweetness, but is found in the end a cup of poison, is the pleasure of passion, impure. And that pleasure which both in the beginning and in the end is only a delusion of the soul, which comes from the dullness of sleep, laziness or carelessness, is the pleasure of darkness. There is nothing on earth or in heaven which is free from these three powers of nature. The works of Brahmins, Kshatriyas, Vaisyas, and Sudras are different in harmony with the three powers of their born nature. The works of a Brahmin are peace, self-harmony, austerity, and purity loving forgiveness and righteousness, vision and wisdom and faith. These are the works of a kshatriya, a heroic mind, inner fire, constancy, resourcefulness, courage in battle, generosity, and noble leadership. Trade, agriculture, and the rearing of cattle is the work of the Vaisha, and the work of the Sudra is service. They all attain perfection when they find joy in their work. Hear how a man attains perfection and finds joy in his work. A man attains perfection when his work is worship of God, from whom all things come and who is in all. Greater is thine own work, even if this be humble, than the work of another, even if this be great. When a man does the work God gives him, no sin can touch this man. And a man should not abandon his work, even if he cannot achieve it in full perfection, because in all work there may be imperfection, even as in all fire there is smoke. When a man has his reason in freedom from bondage, and his soul is in harmony beyond desires, then renunciation leads him to a region supreme which is beyond earthly action. Thou art in the bondage of karma, of the forces of thine own past life, and that which thou in thy delusion with a good will dost not want to do unwillingly, thou shalt have to do. God dwells in the heart of all beings, Arjuna. Thy God dwells in thy heart, and his power of wonder moves all things, puppets in a play of shadows, whirling them onwards on the stream of time. 
Go to him for thy salvation with all thy soul, victorious man. By his grace thou shalt obtain the peace supreme, thy home of eternity. Hast thou heard these words, Arjuna, in the silent communion of thy soul? Has the darkness of thy delusion been dispelled by thine inner light? Arjuna answers, By thy grace I remember my light, and now gone is my delusion. My doubts are no more, my faith is firm, and now I can say, Thy will be done. Thy will be done. My gosh, there's so much there, obviously. This is uh, something that could be handled, you know, a few years worth of study at <laughs> least. But it's interesting, you know, that the points that do arise again and again, and we talk about them all the time here, is that God dwells in the heart of all beings, and that a man attains perfection when his work is worship of God. I think it's just beautiful. Beautiful it is. Oh, my gosh. Well, let's take a short break. We've got uh, one more segment to continue here before we're done on Karma Yoga today. So please stay with us. We'll be right back. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door. Brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And thank you so much for staying with us. We are back for our final segment on our show today, The Open Door, talking about karma yoga. And as we said at the outset of the show, this is not a yoga that many people are that familiar with, frankly. It is referred to in the Bhagavad Gita, which we heard a couple of excerpts from a few minutes ago. But we're talking about the yoga of good works, the yoga of good deeds, the yoga of action. And some of the concepts today we've been listening to and talking about are selflessness, loving forgiveness, courage, uh, generosity, surrender to the will of God. And uh, as uh, you said, Sid, you know, in the, in the break there, 
Gone is my delusion. I know. And you know, the thing is, a lot of people don't want to lose their delusions. Yeah. Because they have to change. Yeah. And so I think that's a legitimate prayer. God, deliver me from my delusions. And the opposite of that would be, God, you know, let me be one with God desire. Not human desire, but God desire. Can I just talk about, I have two examples I thought of that, that this dharma and this karma and, and sacrifice and surrender. I surrender to your story. <laughs> <laughs> one of them was, oh gosh, I don't know, six weeks ago, there was an article on the editorial page of the Wall Street Journal. And this guy was proposing a monument to people who had sacrificed and given their lives. And, and I wish I had it today, but hmm. um, it's, it, he went on and read these things about these phenomenal sacrifices that people made to save the lives of others. And they were just, I mean, you'd almost make you cry because of the unselfishness mm-hmm. where people, you know, Jesus says, greater love hath no man that lay down his life for another. And we're not here to, to in, you know, seek martyrdom, but, you know, to give your life for someone else. I recently read, some of you may have heard of the Swedish diplomat by the name of Raoul Wallenberg yes. from World War II. Mm-hmm. And he was in Hungary and he took upon himself to help save the Hungarian Jews. Now get this, by using, you know, passes and his diplomatic uh, status, he saved 100,000 lives. Oh, my. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine passing from the screen of life, standing before the karmic board? They said, oh, what'd you do this time? And they look <laughs> at the file. No, I'm not being facetious. I, I mean, hear you. He saved 100,000 lives. I mean, that, that is a duty and a dharma and a great manifestation of love. Now, I want to go to the other side of the coin. And I'm not making judgments on this situation, but let's tell you about it. Some of you may have seen the, the movie Bridge of Spies. Mm-hmm. Very good movie. came out last year, I think. It tells in part the story of Francis Gary Powers, who was a U-2 pilot for the United States, who was flying missions over then the then Soviet Union. And they had a rule that because this was secretive and so forth, if they were going to crash or get shot down, they had a suicide pill. Now, we're never supposed to take commit suicide, but this is an example where suicide would be the honorable thing to do. And these pilots agreed to it before they went into this, so they wouldn't create an international incident, so on and so forth. Well, of course, what happens is he gets shot down. And he doesn't take the suicide pill. And so as a result, all this diplomatic things, the U.S. mission, all that was exposed and so on and so forth. And he was not well received when he came back by the military. And, and of course, you understand the guy didn't want to die, but he had agreed to. And so in some way, he had violated his dharma and his commitment. Interestingly enough, many years later, he was uh, flying a helicopter to do weather reports in Los Angeles and it crashed and he was killed. So whether that was a mercy to him to balance the karma that he made uh, over Russia, I don't know and I can't say. But you can see the difference here between oh. someone, I mean, you don't do that unless you're willing to do it. And people do pay for their lives sometimes, but the good news is we're back for another round. It's not a one, one-time shot, which is really good. So be sensitive to where God has placed you and what is the requirement of your dharma and your karma. And, and that key word, duty. Absolutely. You know, um, as we began the show today, you had mentioned the Guru-Chita relationship as it is expressed in these in this Hindu text with Arjuna and Krishna, and how, in fact, he, Arjuna is of the warrior caste, and he is expected to go to battle, and he's faced in his battle by his relatives. Yeah. You know, friends and relatives, people that he loves, people that he knows, I mean, people that he has probably some, some karma with, yeah. <laughs> you know? But yet he has sworn this duty and his guru is saying to him, it's not up to you at this point. If you have made this commitment to your duty, you have a duty to fulfill it. And, and you know, the karma, as we talked about before, the karma in war is, is very, killing someone in war is a very different karma from killing someone, you know, in day-to-day life. And so it's not yeah. the same karma at all. So we have to understand that. However, if you go with bloodlust, 
and seeking to kill all you can kill and you know on that vibration it is karma oh my gosh but if you're defending your nation or your home or fulfilling your duty it's not the same karma and it's interesting too you mentioned earlier about the fact that this is not a passive uh, action the fact there pacifism is not something that is uh, karmically or cosmically uh, accepted because it takes you away from your duty. And light must be defended, whether it's spiritually or physically. The light of your heart, the light of your families, the light of your children, the light of your nation. There are times when you do have to defend it physically. Indeed. You'd have to be careful you don't get lured by the fallen ones into wars because they like to get the light they get when, when light bearers are killed. So, you know, that's where the attunement takes place and so forth. And of course, if you're in the military and your government sends you to war, you don't have much choice. And so, but this is where prayers and devotion to the will of God make all the difference in everything you do. And, you know, we're, we're also talking about something to do with the Eightfold Path. I mean, right livelihood, right action, right thought. That in the terms of the concept that we're talking about today, karma yoga, it is something that we are actively engaged in, whether we're conscious of it all the time or not. We're making choices. Yeah. And, you know, thank goodness will. people do fulfill that. I mean, look at some of these, these very gifted surgeons who save people's lives every day. Aren't we grateful they fulfilled their dharma, you know, and went forth and did that? And, um, you know, thank God they're there. I mean, I don't care if they're Republican or Democrat, you know, in this country. I know they have a skill that can, is a gift to, to people. That, that reminds me, you may not remember, there was a book published in the 50s called The Magnificent Obsession by Lloyd Douglas. And basically, mm. the premise of this book was there's this playboy type who was driving this fast sports car. And I, I don't have all the details right, but this <laughs> is essentially what happened. And he hits this guy, and he paralyzes him or, or something. And this guy is never going to walk again. And they say there's no, there's no cure for this. There's no surgery. There's nothing to do for them. And this playboy type guy is so upset by what he's done, he decides, I'm going to go back to medical school and I'm going to save this person. He goes back to medical school. He loses third surgery, figures out how to do this surgery. And, of course, in the end, he <laughs> does the surgery on this guy, and the guy walks again or recovers, whatever it is. But that's why it's called the magnificent obsession. And so we can have a magnificent obsession to the will of God and the devotion to the will of God. And whatever it takes to fulfill that, to give our all and make sure it's the right thing, but don't be a karma dodger, whether it's in a personal relationship. And sometimes leaving a relationship is not dodging karma. It's the will of God. So you can see there's no set answer to anything except attunement with the heart of God, with surrender, and making those prayers so you know what to do because in every situation it may be different. Yeah, and as, as much as you might want to dodge it, you can't escape it. Yeah, you can run, but you can't hide. <laughs> yes. I mean, if you don't do it this lifetime, do you want to keep coming back and coming back? I mean, how many times have you faced this karma? Yeah. I mean, sometimes people will repeat it time and time and time again, and you get a momentum of, not, of avoiding it, and so it becomes very easy. So take your stand this time to fill whatever your karma is, whatever your dharma is, wherever God has placed you, whatever karmic situation you're in, no matter how hard, what is the spiritual solution to this? Mm-hmm. You know, what is the light I need to call forth? What is the surrender? What is the pain I need to bear that will lead to the bliss of balanced karma and the joy of God? These are the questions a spiritual person asks themselves. Not how I can get ahead. How can I get a raise? <laughs> how can I get a bigger house? How can I make a lot of money? You know, and yeah. so on. Well, and there, there is a component of this, which I think is probably good now that we're wrapping the show up today, is to get into the practice of consecrating your work consecrating your actions you surrender to the will of god you consecrate what you do to the will of god and you consecrate it to the joy of being in that surrender 
and then it becomes a sacred labor. And it's joyful. It's peace. As I said many times in this excerpt we heard, it's peace, yes. harmony, yes. joy. Oh. Yes. And, you know, we talked about this too. This is a path of joy. This is a path. When you hear the words renunciation, you think about giving things up. You think about letting things go. Or you're going to be in some form of hardship. When you do it for the right reason, it's not a hardship at all. It's the opposite. It's freedom. It's freedom. Yeah. Well, I want to thank everybody for being with us today. Again, we know this was somewhat of a change of pace from our usual program material, but I think we may come back to this more because this is a rich, rich vein. Oh, it is. Karma Yoga. And, you know, thank you all for being part of this mandala. Um, you know, this is dharma that we share, that when we're talking about these things here, that you're meant to hear this as much as we're meant to say it. And we hope that it goes into the heart, into the soul, and stays there, lodged in a perfect place where you're surrendering to the will of God. And gone be my delusions. Amen. Amen. And how do they reach us, Tom? Uh, <laughs> uh, web radio at tsl.org. If you want to send us an email, a comment, a suggestion, an idea, even a complaint, web radio at tsl.org. The complaints go to Tom, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, they go to Terry. He's not here today. Anyway, and as we, we like to say, you know, that though the upward path can sometimes seem difficult, the rewards are, are out, out of this world. world. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on Voice America's Seventh Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.